Hello and welcome to the One Hope Podcast, where faith and life connect. A podcast done by One Hope Church in Gig Harbor, Washington. Enjoy. So our next door neighbors have this dog. And um, if you have, if you're a member of One Hope Church listening to this podcast, and if you've been around a while, you might remember me talking about this dog. I call it the demon dog from hell. Because uh, early on in his tenure in our neighborhood, he basically acted like our house was his house. Our yard was his yard. He acted like he owned the place. He actually, one day, I was opening the door and Pat and Arley were coming inside, members of our congregation, and this dog came running right past him into our living room. I got so furious. I, I'm not a violent person, but I was wanting to be kind of... Will Smith violent to that dog at that moment. And uh, he's gotten better, I have to say. He's mellowed out. Um, but I, I thought about those days when that dog acted like he owned our property uh, as I read our passage for today, which is Mark chapter 11 in our continuing podcast in the Gospel of Mark this Lenten season. Peter here. Um, as I as I as I thought about this passage, you know, here's it's Mark chapter eleven. It's the triumphal entry, and there's several scenes taking place, and in each one, Jesus really kind of acts like he owns the place. Uh, certainly, as he comes into Jerusalem, but even starting with the first scene, here's this first scene. Jesus tells his disciples to kind of get things ready. Go into town, and you're going to see this colt. Untie the colt and uh, and and bring it, uh, you know, to me. Basically, I'm going to use it. And if anybody asks you the question, just uh, uh, just say, you know, I need it. In other words, he's kind of he's right in this first scene. Jesus acts like he owns this cult because he does own it. He it's his cult. And then the next scene is the triumphal entry. And so he enters into Jerusalem riding on this coat. And the crowds are there. They're shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father, David. Hosanna in the highest. Jesus enters Jerusalem. People are hailing him as if he is king of the city. And Jesus welcomes it. He receives it. He's acting like it's his city because it is his city. Well, next comes a really interesting scene as Jesus, the next day he went, uh, um, uh, he, he kind of, uh, they had left to uh, Bethany, he became hungry, um, uh, and he sees this fig tree in the distance, and, um, and so he, he wants to, he wants to uh, have some figs from it, and there's no figs, he's frustrated, there's no figs, and so he curses the fig tree, may no one ever eat fruit from you again, and his disciples were listening. Now, why did Jesus do that to that poor fig tree? Well, there's actually an object lesson thing happening here, a deeper meaning that Jesus is conveying, because in the Old Testament, Israel is referred to as a fig tree, and so Jesus is using the tree as an illustration of what is going to happen uh, to Israel. Um, I'm not really going to go deeply into that here, but I'll just point out that at a natural level, uh, object lesson aside, you know, Jesus had every right to curse that tree and wither it, had every right to act like it's his tree, because it is his tree. 
And then the next scene, he comes back to Jerusalem and he enters the temple and he begins driving out those who are buying and selling in the temple, overturns the temple, chases the money changers out of the temple. Uh, he says, this is, this, uh, my house shall be not, shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. You've made it a den of robbers. So he overturns the tables and chases out the money changers. He acts like he owns the place, like it's his house. Because it is his house, his temple, his father's house. And then, as a result of the, all this, verse 18 jumps out for me. It says this, The chief priests and the scribes heard this and began seeking how to destroy him, for they were afraid of him. For the whole crowd was astonished at his teaching. Now, isn't that interesting? It says that the Pharisees were afraid of Jesus because the crowds were astonished, not at his actions, but at his teaching. Now, why is that? That verse makes me think of another place where it says that the people uh, commented about Jesus' teaching that we have never seen anything like this guy. He teaches not as one of the scribes or Pharisees, but he teaches with authority. In other words, Jesus, his teaching was not it was not like he was just reiterating something he heard or learned, but he teaches as if he were the author of the teaching, the author of the law. And this drove the Pharisees crazy because Jesus acts like even the scriptures are his. He said things like, you have heard it said, but I say, you know, the Pharisees, they see themselves as the keepers and protectors of the sacred writings of the holy book. Jesus says, it's my book. Is it any wonder that the authorities wanted to get rid of Jesus? To all of them, Jesus is acting like he owns the place. To the Romans uh, who think they own the city, Jesus is acting like it's his city. To the priests who think they own the temple, Jesus is acting like it's his temple. To the Pharisees who think they are in charge of the holy writings, the holy book, Jesus is acting like it's his book. And so all three elements, Romans, priests, Pharisees, are going to work together ultimately to get rid of Jesus. You really could say that Jesus was crucified because he walked around like he owns the place. And he walked around like he owned the place because he does own the place, all of it. Now contrast that image of Jesus walking around like he owns the place but with what we uh, read last week sometime about the children being brought to Jesus. Remember that? Children being brought to Jesus. Jesus blessed them and the disciples trying to shoo them away. And Jesus stops them and says, let, the, let them come. The kingdom of God belongs to such as these. And in fact, you must become like them to receive the kingdom. And that's just a really tender picture of what it means to have faith, a picture of resting securely in the arms of our Father. But now, this other seemingly very different kind of word of Jesus as king, walking around like he owns the place because he does own the place. And in our hearts, as Lord, as king, he owns the place, taking full ownership, complete lordship of our lives. That's the picture here. That's the application so which picture best represents the Christian life, do you think? Picture of coming to Christ like a little child sitting in his lap, being held by him, or this picture of him walking into our lives like he owns the place, because he does own the place, owns our lives, is the Lord of our lives. 
And the answer, of course, is both. We do have to become like little children, receive the kingdom, and it is like resting in the arms of, the, of our Father. But if that's the way to receive the kingdom, which it is, remember that a kingdom implies a king. A kingdom has a king. And so these pictures really do go together. So let's allow both these pictures of coming to him as a child, but also as of Jesus as our king, king of our hearts, of our, of our whole lives. Uh, let it be a thing, both of challenge and of comfort. Challenge because some things in us maybe need to die. Comfort because with death comes a resurrection, and Jesus as a good king is going to resurrect good things in the place of what he must remove. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, even as you came into Jerusalem like you own the place, we would just welcome you right now into our hearts, and we we see you not coming into our hearts timidly, but walking in like you own the place, because you do own the place. You own us. And yet that is not a thing of heaviness. That is a thing of of great comfort because you also are a loving father, a good king, and we do rest in your arms. Uh, We do come as children trusting in you that you know what's best because you built this thing called us. You designed it, and so we entrust ourselves to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.